Welcome back to the Lucid Dreamer podcast. This week's short story is inspired by the internet creepypasta, the Mandela Catalog. If you're curious, whatever that is, go ahead and check it out. Look it up on YouTube. This is my second attempt at a horror short story with a slightly different take. I try mixing reality with the paranormal in this one. With these ingredients, I have produced today's episode, Blurry Bodies. Enjoy. The sleep-deprived homicide detective rubbed his forehead as he sat at his desk. The bright, warm lamp poured light on the tornado of papers scattered across his desk. A cup holder, stapler, and picture frame with a photo of him and his wife stood tall above the paper wreckage. He decided to comb over the photos of the victims once more. This was the most peculiar set of murders he had ever seen. No wonder the top brass of the police department decided to keep all of it hush-hush. He fanned the four photos of the deceased victims in one hand and looked at them all in a row. All were lying on their backs. No blood was on the scene, no murder weapon, just the bodies. All of them had one distinct characteristic. They had no face. What made this set of photos completely unnerving was that the face. It, it wasn't a gruesome mutilation, it just looked like the faces had been erased. No features were remaining. It was just skin over bones with no holes, eyes, or anything else, just a big blank slate of skin. Robbie rubbed his scruffy chin and tried to think of what object could ever do something like this. There was nothing that he could think of that could suck the features off of someone's face and have the skin fold right over the top as if it was always there. All of it just seemed so unreal to him. There were no leads, no witnesses, no evidence. The victims seemed to be chosen at random. The locations were also random, and there was no clear cause of death. With his mind and body sore, Robbie decided it was time to call it a night. He wasn't going to get anywhere with this case. He grabbed his coat from his chair and walked out the door. He fired up his patrol car and started the drive home. He parked the vehicle in the driveway to his town home and unlocked the front door. Walking into his dark home, he looked into his living room. There was his wife, Margie, fast asleep on the couch below the living room mirror facing the upholstery, with her favorite blanket. The reality TV show she recently got hooked on played quietly in the background. He hung his coat up on the coat rack and walked silently through the living room to the kitchen. A cute note hung from a magnet on the fridge. Leftovers are in the fridge for you to heat up. I love you, handsome. It read, with a red heart drawn at the bottom, Robbie smiled and took out the container of beef stew. He emptied a good amount of it into a bowl and threw it into the microwave for a couple of minutes. Welcome home, honey, Margie said from what seemed to be upstairs. She must have woken up and moved upstairs while he was microwaving his food. Thanks, sweetheart, Robbie replied. Did you have a good day at work? He asked. How was work? Margie asked from upstairs. Robbie was a little confused. She wouldn't answer his question, and Margie sounded different. She was very monotone, with no emotion present in her voice. Maybe it was just because she was tired. He brushed it off, then answered the question. It, it was okay. I've still hit a few roadblocks on the most recent case, Robbie responded. It was okay. I've still hit a few roadblocks on the most recent case, Margie's droning voice mimicked. Robbie was unnerved and left his microwaving food to go and see what was going on with his wife. Is everything okay, hun? 
he said, whilst rounding the corner into the living room. He stopped and looked at Margie, still lying on the couch, facing the upholstery. Is everything okay, hun? Margie's voice echoed from upstairs. Robbie's heart skipped a beat. Margie was not the one talking to him from upstairs. Someone else was in the home. He rushed over to his wife whilst drawing his sidearm from his holster. He turned her over and gasped. Her face was erased just like the most recent victims. He checked for a pulse, but there was none. Adrenaline and crippling grief dumped through his body. He shut down his emotions and turned on his training. This is the Maple City Police Department. Come out with your hands up, Robbie shouted as he turned on the flashlight attached underneath the barrel of his pistol. This is the Maple City Police Department. Come out with your hands up, the voice repeated back to him in a blend of voices that was half his and half Margie's. Robbie slowly approached the foot of the stairs while speaking into his radio. This is Detective Brooks. I have a murdered civilian at 2679 Riley Drive. Suspect is inside the home. I am on scene and need backup. Code 3. The voice did a muffled impression of his radio transmission in the same blended voice. Robbie released his radio and cupped his hands around his pistol. Aiming at the bottom of the stairs, he took a few calculated steps and began a rhythmic stepping pattern to slowly reveal the intruder to him. Hands up, let me see your hands, Robbie ordered as the thing revealed itself to him. His stomach dropped, then twisted into knots while his heart jumped into his throat. A lanky figure stood at the top of the stairs. It was a blank, fleshy glob with no facial features, standing about seven feet tall with unusually long appendages. Five faces were embedded into its torso. One of them was his wife's. This is what has been killing people. This was the serial killer. A monster Robbie could have never imagined. Hands up, let me see your hands. Hands up, let me see your hands. It repeated monotonously through a crudely made sixth face that was forming below its right shoulder. The voice sounded closer to his than Margie's now. Robbie froze, motionless. The monster raised its fleshy, hollow, tubed arms and moved the sixth face once more. Hands, it repeated. Hands. 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 It continued over and over, its fleshy, tubed legs slowly going down the stairs towards Robbie. So stop, Robbie ordered. Stop right now! He backpedaled into the living room as the thing descended the stairs and stood in front of him. Stop. Stop right now. Hands, it repeated, still approaching Robbie with its arms reaching for his face. Finally, the thing stopped stalking and swung with its arm. Robbie narrowly dodged the attack with a jump backwards then let out two shots to the thing's chest. It reeled backwards with an inhuman squeal that seemed to explode from its head. The goopy flesh covering the face separated, revealing row upon row of sharp, needle-like teeth. Robbie aimed for the head and squeezed the trigger several times, placing calculated shots. The thing reeled slightly as flesh tore off its face. It screeched once more, then advanced, the torn flesh completely healing itself within seconds as it approached. Robbie shot twice more as the thing reeled its arm back for another swing. He dove underneath the other side of the thing as it swung at him. It missed him, but broke the table in half like a popsicle stick. He scrambled backwards, struggling to get back to his feet as the thing turned to attack him once more. 
He leaned up against the couch and shined the flashlight at it. The thing moved with lightning speed towards Robbie, obviously agitated. He pulled the trigger rapidly, but each bullet seemed to do nothing to stop the monster. He closed his eyes and waited for death as he kept pulling the trigger. After what seemed like forever, nothing happened. He heard the repetitive click, click, click coming from his firearm. He finally stopped pulling the trigger, opened his eyes, and looked up. The flashlight revealed the monster standing over him, its head seemingly fixated on the mirror hanging above the couch. Robbie stared in disbelief. A mirror stopped the monster? He stayed still, not wanting to disturb the thing's trance. He continued training his pistol on it as he loaded another fresh magazine in and released the slide lock, chambering another bullet. To Robbie's absolute bewilderment and astonishment, the mirror cracked spontaneously and the thing slowly toppled onto the floor with a thud. He slowly got to his feet and stared as it dissolved into flakes of ash. He wondered for a split second how anyone at the police department was going to believe him. He looked down at his vest and saw that his body camera was in fact recording. That was going to be the only tool that would give his words their merit. A cough and a gasp for air erupted behind him. Robbie swung around and saw Margie stirring on the couch. Her face was back to her head and she started looking around. Robbie? She questioned in an obvious panic. That there's something here. She cried, tears welling in her eyes. I know, sweetheart, I know. Robbie cooed. It's dead. Let's get you to the hospital, okay? She nodded, trying to sit up, but her frail body failed her. He scooped her up and started heading out the door. Blue and red lights flashed in their front yard from a second patrol car that just came squealing up. Robbie loaded his wife into his car and peeled out of the driveway, praying to God he would never have to set foot in that town home again. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Lucid Dreamer podcast. This one helped relieve some ideas that have been floating in my head. I've been watching a lot of internet creepypasta things such as the back rooms and obviously the Mandela catalog. Maybe another spin-off of one of those concepts will be next. Send me your feedback to the email in the description below. If you liked what you listened to, please drop a five-star review and share this with your friends. If you're new around here, go ahead and follow this podcast to get more doses of daydream just like this one. Thank you very much for listening. Until next week, have a great day.